0: Here at the Gathering Place, welcome. If this is your first time here, we welcome you to the Gathering Place. Let's welcome our guests, everybody. Good to have you here today. If you've come off the uh, door hanger or off an advertisement, however you got here, we believe God brought you. And uh, if you're looking for a a loving, grace-filled, victory-filled church to be a part of, this is it. So, um, at the turn of the year, last year... He talked to him about being childlike, and I, t- I taught a couple of messages on the restoration of innocence. It was a pretty uh, life-changing thing for me. Jesus talks a lot about being like a child in the kingdom of God. Unless you're a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And um, and then somebody told me that Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel Church up in Redding, California, that is a church that has the same church culture we do of kingdom. Heaven on earth. Seeing unprecedented miracles happen up there. Um, Kevin Mazzucato, one of our youth pastors, had gout on his foot. And just in the middle of worship, just like we did here, the gout completely disappeared after having it for 12 years. And you know, there is no cure for gout. And, um, and they said, Bill Johnson's word this year is childlikeness. And then Alan Vincent came, an apostle uh, that was here, over the last uh, couple weekends ago. And he said something, he's been here multiple times, and he said something I've never heard him say before. He gave the same story and testimony I've heard before, but he added a piece that I had not heard before and it caught my attention. Because of uh, a childlike theme, the Lord has sown into me and to us. He said, the Lord told me that if you don't read the Bible like a little child, because he was an atheistic scientist, if you don't read the Bible like a little child... You'll never be able to enter into the supernatural dimension and the power of God. So it's clear to me, I hope it's clear to you, the Lord is saying be childlike. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, childlike faith can take down giants. I want you to go with me to First Samuel, a very familiar story. But I believe it's right now a very relevant story. Because the giant and the giants that are in the land right now could be causing you to quake and shake like an unbeliever. And that ought not be so. If we are in Christ, then we have everything that Christ is and Christ has. He says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give to us the kingdom. God says He will provide all of our needs according to His riches on Wall Street. God says, I would love to meet your needs, but I am limited to your fixed income. Because I'm a very small God about the size of your bank account. I don't even like saying what I just said. It's just so blasphemous. But that's the way we think. That's the way we live. Our anxiety level proves it. It's time for faith. And I mean that. Not philosophically. I mean right now for your health's sake, for your destiny's sake, and for your friends and family's sake, you need to step up and be a man and a woman of faith right now. With childlike faith saying, my daddy can take care of this. My daddy and I are holding hands and we're walking through life together and we will trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I was talking to somebody this morning in a Bible study before church and she said she went through a depression that she don't think she's ever been that deep in depression. She doesn't even know why it happened. And one of the things that helped her come completely out of it was she was spending time alone with God. That's the key. Everybody say spending time alone with God. Okay, now if you're not going to do that, then don't even bother with anything I'm saying today. Because the kingdom unleashes into your life when you tap into it. And that doesn't happen by watching TV and reading uh, novels and um, all these other things that we fill our time with. We've got to carve out time to connect with the God of heaven and earth and allow Him to start depositing things in you that can break you free. It's all yours and mine, but it's like an a electric appliance that you've got to plug into the wall to get the electrical current. You know, you may be a blender, but you're not going to blend anything if you don't plug into that electric current. And spending time alone with God plugs you into that electrical current of heaven. And, that, and that's not just, you know, a, a nifty illustration. It is your reality. And she said that she was spending time alone with God, and all of a sudden she had a vision of Jesus holding her hand and the depression left a simple little elementary vision, but it wasn't made up. It wasn't coached. God gave her a vision. Very simple picture of Jesus holding her hand, walking down the path of life. The depression left. She said she felt light as a feather. She still feels that way this morning. She said, what happened was after that vision of the Depression left, she plays volleyball with a bunch of friends. And they're, they're all Mormons. And she said that one of the her friends uh, twisted her ankle and she had to sit out of the game. She could not play. Could not stand on it. And when one of the members of our church here rotated out of the game and sat down next to her, without even asking, grabbed her leg and started praying over it. And she said, what are you doing? And then she said this, you're healing me. Because she felt the power of God go into her ankle and she rotated back in the next time to rotate and played out the rest of the game. And I said, did she, was she really incapacitated? We like to check testimonies in this church. Was she really incapacitated? Yes. Could not play. Hurt. Throbbing. Not going to play volleyball. Did she know that Jesus hit her? She goes, oh, clear as day. She knew what was happening because she felt Her pain leave, the healing come. But you see, what happened was, here is a Christian that depression has come upon them and they are incapacitated, useless in the kingdom of God because they are all navel-gazing into themselves, depressed. Who broke him out of that? Jesus. Jesus came in a very specific way and in a moment's time broke her out and she became a victor and a deliverer and healer of others. Remember, Paul, we learned last week, said, I can do all things because I am bad to the bone. Watch out for me. Is that what he said? I can do all things because I am highly educated. I can do all things because I am very athletic. I am very intelligent. People pay me for these ideas that I can come up with. No, what did he say? I can do all things through Christ who gives me his strength, his strength. And so. We see an Old Testament example of this, of a young guy named David, a man after God's own heart. What made David, let me say this, and this will tie into the childlike thing. What made David so supernatural, dynamic, the most incredible king Israel ever had, supernatural, did I say that? Is because he was childlike. He knew his daddy was with him wherever he went. Where did he cultivate that faith? Can you can you say alone with God? Say that. Alone with God. <laughs> when all of his brothers are out at war, they've all gone through military training school. They all have their they're just, you know, Equipped to the gills with the finest weaponry. And they're out in battle. David's all by himself on the back hills taking care of sheep. Now, obviously, he's not going to be able to hold an intelligent conversation with the sheep. There are no other human beings to converse with. So what's left? God, if he really exists. I like what one pastor said, a man of God that I, I, I highly respect. Has accomplished incredible things in the kingdom of God. He said this. You find God on the other side of loneliness and boredom. You start spending time alone with God and you start getting bored and you get fidgety and you got to go do something. You just you just departed from a potential encounter or I'm lonely. Well, that's all right. You're not alone. Allow that loneliness to become an opportunity to meet your God. And what happens in those moments turns you into a victor. I was talking to another person in the Bible study, and she said that last year she was running around like a chicken with her head cut off, busy, 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 busy. She was praying, but it was kind of like on the run, and she was overwhelmed. She came down here for prayer. I didn't know anything about it, and I said, you have lost your your worship. And she's a worshiper, loves to worship, loves to dance, loves to sing, loves to praise God in a private time. And I didn't know that, but she knew that that was the word of the Lord. So in the midst of all of her busyness, she decided, I have got to carve out time to be alone with God. And she said, when that, she started doing that, she said, the pressure started to release and she started to get her perspective back and faith and courage and she was able to get her health back and her mental peace and walk in with... Then the Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their... Say it strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. But it it all begins. The inception of that is they that wait upon the Lord. And so we see David here. I can't read this whole chapter because we don't have time, but we've got to get into it because it's very relevant. By the way, when I went down to Mexico, I lost my—I I forgot my glasses. So Mario and I popped into a little uh, a pharmacy and I grabbed the only pair they had left and we went walking down the street. And that night when I went to go preach, I went to put them on, which are these. And these are for a child. And so they were like squeezing against my temples all weekend long as I'm as I'm preaching. So here we go. All right. Just call me. Just call me John John. That's what my family called me when I would have been about the age to wear these. Uh, we are in First Samuel, chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. And were gathered at Soco, which belongs to Judah. Verse 2. And Saul, the king of Israel, and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. You can see, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, you can just imagine these massive armies of thousands and thousands of just mighty, ferocious, battle attired, battle axe, archers, swords, combat boot wearing soldiers. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. And a weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Now this might be the voice you are hearing when you lie in bed at night. Why have you come out to line up to battle? Am I not a Philistine? Am I not a failed economy? Am I not a disease, a sickness, a stressed out marriage? Am I not your boss who has laid you off? And you, the servants of Saul, what do you call yourself, a follower of God? Big deal. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants of fear and anxiety and worry and stress and loss. And you shall serve me. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. And do you know that the circumstances in your life are saying, I defy you, I defy your faith, I defy your God, I defy your Christianity. I defy the promises of God that your pastor says are yours. It's just you and me. And you know you're weaker than I am. You know you can't handle it. You know God is distant from you. And they, the Israelites, were dismayed. That means confused and overwhelmed and greatly afraid. And I just want to say it ought not be so. I'm not saying it isn't, and I'm not saying there are times I don't feel this way and I have anxiety go through my legs when I'm lying in bed at night and I find myself not being able to sleep, just like you. But I know where to go. And I want you to know where to go. It's real. He's real. His spirit's real. Victory is available. But we got to know how to tap into Him and into it. You need to take authority over the enemy. Rebuke that spirit of fear and anxiety. I mean with your own mouth. While you're lying there in bed or you're driving your car or you're freaking out. Speak out with your mouth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You spirit of fear and anxiety, worry, you go. You'll be amazed at the immediate peace that takes place. And that gives you the opportunity, the moment, to grab a hold of the promises of God and begin to fill your mind with the promises of God. If you're not filling your mind with the promises of God, you have nothing to go on but the natural circumstances around you. The news that you're hearing on the radio or on TV. The reports from uh, the NASDAQ. and That's all you have to go on. If you are not purposely feeding your brain... With God's promises and God's words, you cannot tap into the reality of God for you right now. Your mind is what you've got to get a hold of, and it needs the Word of God, not the Word of man. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to teach you how to be victorious today. Now, David was the son of an Ephraite of Bethlehem and Judah, whose name was Jesse, And who had eight sons, and the man was old and advanced in years in the days of Saul. Verse 14. I love this. David was the youngest. Remember, I talked about I'm talking about childlike faith? David was the youngest. And then in verse 16, and the Philistine drew near, present, presented himself forty days, morning and evening. This fear, this monster. This weakness you have, this addiction, this loss of employment, this disease, whatever it is, comes out morning and night to harass you. Just like this Philistine giant. It's always there, coming out, presenting itself to you. You're not asking for it. The devil will come to you and try to harass and intimidate you every single day. Day. And I just want to say something to you right now. If you are in Christ Jesus, He is subject to you. The Bible says, submit to God. That's first. Don't think it's your personality. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from God. Is that what it says? He, the devil, will flee from You. Now that's got to be humiliating for an archangel that used to lead worship in heaven and is a supernatural angelic being. Has to flee from... I hope you're. If, if you're with me right now, you'll say something right here which will really mean it's coming home. He will flee from... You got it. Me. That's a promise of God. But you've got to learn how to connect with that. Submit to God. Then you resist the devil. And he will flee from you. I'm telling you, family, you can be victorious. Then Jesse said to David to go on up to, to the battle. Okay, let's, let's jump way ahead. And in verse 26, David comes to the battle because he wants to give his brother, brother some food they had been there for 40 days and nights being intimidated by this giant. In verse 26, David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the approach from Israel? Now listen to this. This is the key phrase. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, the reason uncircumcised is important there is because... In the Old Testament, if you joined the church, you had to get circumcised. Fortunately, today, you just, you know, you get water baptized and go through a membership class. I'm not sure how many new members we would get if the qualification was the other. Come over to Hope and John's house tonight and we will... Mark's like, as long as there's are free fruit, you can do to me whatever you need to. Just feed me. David says, now listen, this is what you and I have to do. I don't care how big the circumstance is. I have a covenant with God. I'm in relationship with God. All circumstances are subject To my daddy. He created the whole world. He's not intimidated. He's not freaking out. He's not fearful. And he and I are walking together. Fearless. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He wasn't even paying attention to the size of the giant. And then David goes to the king in verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this circumstance. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. All the king of God's people could do was analyze the situation by the natural information available. And right now, that's what many of you are doing. Your hearts are failing you for fear because the only lens you're looking through is the lens of the natural. Now, I'm not preaching top down at you. I have to do, I have to put on the same glasses you do, which are the glasses of childlike faith that my daddy is good, his promises are real, and we're gonna, we're gonna put a whooping on some circumstances. But if all, all you can see is the natural, your heart will fail you for fear. But David, this little teenager, Goes up to this king who, the Bible says, head and shoulders higher than any other man in all of Israel. Thousands of the men. Saul's the biggest and the tallest. That's why they picked him. David, this teenager, looking up at Saul and says, Don't let any man's heart fail him for fear. I don't care how small you are, how young you are, how broke you are, how ugly you are. You can have the same kind of confidence because we serve the same God David did. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I love that. That's crazy. You don't chase bears and lions. This dude is either a whack job, completely lost his mind. Is about to be a Scooby snack for lunch. Or he is tapped into a reality that we need to tap into. Army of God. You're going to take my job. You're going to take my money. You're going to take my health. I'm coming after you. I'm not going to sit back and be intimidated by you. The Bible says that a man who fears the Lord does not fear evil, negative information. Why? Because his heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. I'm telling you, there is a world of difference between fear and faith. There's a world of difference between hope and faith. And belief. If you're hoping and praying, you're just waiting to see if something happens. But when you are faith filled in your prayers, mountains move. You see it all through the ministry of Jesus, where his disciples were always shocked at the things that Jesus was able to do. And Jesus always points him back to faith. David got a hold of it in his alone times with God. Oh, my gosh, he's just out there spending time alone with God, just worshiping God. And he just knows God's real and he knows God owns everything. And as he's sitting there just plucking his guitar and worshiping the Lord, a lion sneaks up on a little sheepy on the edge of the flock and starts running off with it. And David did not even hesitate, he jumps up from his little hill that he was sitting on and runs after the lion. It's ridiculous. We read over this like, oh, what a nice story. He actually chased down a lion and a bear. Bears usually see humans climbing up trees trying to get away from them. He is running after a lion and a bear and he says, delivered the lamb out of its mouth. Would have liked to have seen that. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And it wasn't just a one-time event. He says, whenever a lion or a bear came. This, was a, this, this event happened a lot. He killed lots of lions and bears. It just wasn't one lion and one bear. You and I have got to learn how to kill our lions and our bears. It just really disturbs me when I hear Christians who are afraid of the devil. I'm not saying that to be, sound superior. I just know who we are in Christ. I was talking, there was a pastor who was sharing just recently about this lady that got delivered from this distressing spirit. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but she was really bound by this fearful, distressing spirit for years. And then he said, she's free, but she's afraid to get around other people who are bound by these addictions. Because she's afraid the addictions will jump on her. And I've been counseling her, but nothing's working. And I'm sitting there just biting my tongue because Alan's sitting over there in this the regional pastors. And I'm just biting my tongue going, Pastor? Teach her who she is in Christ. That's all she needs is a little revelation. That Satan is under her feet. She doesn't need medication. She doesn't need counseling. She doesn't need prayer. She just needs to read the Bible. And find out who she is. But I can't pastor his people. But I can have some influence here, I pray. Your servant is killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, there's that term again, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Prophetic, faithful declarations. I'll tell you what the future is going to be like. That's what David said. I'll tell you what the future is going to be like. It's going to be victorious. It's going to be prosperous. It's not an empty declaration. It's a declaration based on his relationship with the living God of Israel. He knows God. He knows God's good. He knows God provides. He knows God heals. He knows God's his shepherd. He knows what a shepherd's like because he protects David, protects his sheep, and he knows that the good shepherd will protect David because David is the good shepherd's sheep. And you are the good shepherd's sheep. Shepherd sheep. And your good shepherd is going to take care of you in these hard times. Can I hear an amen? I think God needs to hear an amen. He needs to know we believe in him, that he's good, and he's going to take care of his sheepies. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the... Now, there's the key. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. But is he going to do it because David sits back and just waits for God to deliver him? Say no. You've got to get on the telephone and make those cold calls. You've got to knock the doors. You've got to put in your application. You've got to meditate and pray until you have faith to come against that sickness or that disease. You've got to go get alone with God and and listen to what he says to do about fixing your marriage and being humble and kind and serving and sacrificing and being the first one to forgive. You've got to get out there and take a step of action. No matter how small it is, God is waiting for you to move. But that movement comes from that place of faith that you get by being alone with God. I love the story of Saul's son, Jonathan. All the Philistines, again, have come against Israel. I was just reading this last night with my 10-year-old. and We were reading it together and just having a big time. And all of Israel is intimidated by the enemy again. And Jonathan has just his armor bearer with him. And he sees a, an outpost, a Philistine outpost, a garrison. There are 20 guys up there. And David said, let's go on up there and... Put a whooping on them. He says, let's show ourselves to them. And if they see us and they say, come on up here, then we're going to, then we know God's given them into our hands. All he needed to know that God was with him. He didn't care how many there were. All he cared was, is God with me? And they stepped out there and they went, hi, and they showed themselves to the enemy. Now, all of Israel and Saul are off hiding in another city. Jonathan, his son, who has a spirit of faith, comes out and says, Hey, Philistines! Woohoo! What's up? And they looked at him, and you know what it says in the Bible? They said, You come up here, we're going to teach you a lesson. And Jonathan said, God's given us into their hands. Let's go. we are given them into our hands. So Jonathan goes up there, and as soon as Jonathan attacked them and whooped 20 of them with just himself and his armor-bearer, the Bible says that God caused the ground to tremble, And all the Philistines went into a panic and began to kill one another. And the guy in the outlook for the Philistines in the tower for the Israelites from another city could see thousands of Philistines spread over the countryside, begin to kill one another, and it says they began to melt away and dissolve. Why? Because a man of faith stepped out. In the face of insurmountable odds, because he knew, my God is with me, I'm going to take the day. These are real stories. They really happened. Now it's your turn. And it's my turn. So Saul tried to put his armor on David. Can you imagine that? You know, a guy that's taller than anybody in Israel. And here's a little scrawny teenager. And so Saul goes, oh, here, you need this. And he puts all his armor on him. Natural, conventional wisdom Maybe medication and counseling, a financial bailout, whatever it is, is not going to be the answer. Our God is the answer. And He needs His children to start walking in faith right now. And He will do exploits through us. I'm already getting stories in. God said this year would be a year of prosperity. What a ridiculous word. Except when God says it. And I'm already getting testimonies. We'll start giving these testimonies soon. Because they're, they're percolating. They're coming out. But I'm hearing testimonies of people being healed. People getting more business than they've ever had in the history of their company. I'm starting to get some testimonies that seem like they're going to be whoppers coming down the pike. And we'll be sharing those in the next... Couple of months coming up here, and so he, he says I can't I can't use this stuff. And in verse forty two, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, "Am I a dog that you come out to me with sticks?" And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, "Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field." These are the intimidating thoughts. The harassing thoughts, the fearful thoughts that come against your mind. My God, we're going to lose it all. My God, we're going down. My God, I'm useless. My God, I'm, I'm losing my life. And it's never going to turn around. And people committing suicide and doing stuff that's unnecessary if you're walking with God. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you. Say it with me. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David knows it's not about him. Are you getting this? He knows that God is backing him up. You must know that God is backing you up. If you say go, we're going to sit here and fret. And if you say, come, we're going to freak out. Do you know, Gary, that any one of these soldiers in Israel could have done what David is doing? Amen. Every one of them had a relationship with God. And if you're in Christ, you have a relationship with God. All of heaven, its resources are at your disposal right now. And yet I believe that the body of Christ is shaking their knees like this, just like the entire Israeli army. And yet we all have a covenant with a living God who says, I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But he's waiting for us to step up and step out. When we step out, God steps in. Will you say that? When I step out, God steps in. Say it again. When I step out. God steps in. One more time. When I step out, God steps in. This day I will deliver you. God will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines, the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. That's the purpose of the glory of God. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord is not saved with sword or spear. Hear this. The Lord is not saved with sword or spear any natural means. For the battle is the Lord's. The battle's the Lord's. But David had to step out. And he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine. Now, here comes my favorite part of the story. So when David... So it was when the Philistine arose and drew near to meet David. Boom. Coming at David. Can you see this huge dude? I was watching basketball the other night. And Yao Ming was standing there. And the the shortest guy, he's 5'6". I don't know what his name is. Basketball player. 5'6". Yao Ming's like 10 foot tall. They... They they, they made a shot with turning to run. They were both next to each other. And I froze it. I paused it. And I said, Hope, come here. Ellie, come here. Look at this. It was like David and Goliath. Yao Ming, man. The dude is, I mean, can you imagine? he's from China. He's over seven, well, he's more than seven, over seven foot. He's like seven, six, seven, seven, that? Seven, six. From China. You think he stood out in the crowd? And here's the, this dude, I don't, it wasn't Chris Paul, but was something like that, 5'6", playing NBA basketball, 5'6". You think Sproles is something, being 5'6", playing football? This dude's playing basketball. He can't even do a layup. All the shots are teardrops, way over Yao. Woo! Boom. And I froze it. They're standing right next to each other. And literally the dude's head comes up to like right here on Yao Ming. And I thought, that is David and Goliath. What a perfect image of David and Goliath. And here's David, this Philistine, sorry y'all, coming toward David. And what does David do? Does he turn and say, I, we need to get into a prayer meeting? Which isn't a bad thing to do. But when it's time to step out, it is. When it's time to act, you got to act. Time to pray, you pray. Time to act, you got to act. And this intimidating circumstance starts coming toward David and I love what David did. I love this. Did I said I love this? David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Can you see that? Here's David. They're exchanging, you know, I'm going to whoop you. You're going to whoop me. And then David says this one thing. My daddy's bigger than your dad. My daddy's bigger than yours. And he, can you see this little scrawny teenager? Can you see the Israeli army? You know his seven brothers are going, he's going to get whooped. <laughs> what is our little brother doing? You see him scurrying across that dirt valley, man, the dust flying up, running toward a giant. He doesn't have anything in his hand but a rock in a sling. He's running toward this giant, man. You know, when he slung that thing, do you know that that's when God stepped in? Do you know it wasn't the rock that killed Goliath? David said, my God's going to deliver you into my hand. You know, there was an angel trying to catch up to David. And when he slung that rock, you know, that angel grabbed a hold of that rock. And I love love the dramatic verbiage here. David put his hand in his bag, slung slung the rock, hit the Philistine in the forehead, listen, so that the stone sank into his forehead. I mean, I feel bad for the Philistine. I just like this description here because it's so graphic. It sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. David ran stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out, sheathed it, and killed him, cut off his head. And all of Israel came and took the spoils. Somebody has got to step up and start walking in faith with our God right now. Right now is when it matters. Not when everything's going good. There's no need for faith when everything's going good. Right now is the crucible. Right now is the acid test of our faith. And if you don't have any... Go spend time alone with God. Get into the word of God. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that is proceeding out of the mouth of God. It's not a history book where the words were written and they're dead and historical. Jesus said that man lives by every word that is proceeding present tense out of the mouth of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. The Bible says family. of God, you've got to get into the word of God like starting today. You've got to read it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to memorize it. Spend time alone with him. Get your heart filled with faith. The promises will come alive and you will become a champion. In the midst of defeat. And you could come out of this crisis. A man or woman of faith. Like you've never been before. And then you'll look back on this crisis and say, I thank God that crisis came. Because it made me into a true believer. In Jesus' name. Now, if that's you today and you say, I need that kind of faith, I need to step up into God and into this. We just raise your hand right where you are and just say, That's me. I need this. Just raise your hand right where you are. I'm not gonna call you down here. I just want to pray with you. Just raise your hand right there and say, That's me. I need to start walking in faith and not fear. Peace and not confusion. Power, not weakness. Anxiety and worry have been dominating me. It's not glorifying my God. Now, right now, right where you are, commit to the Lord. I'm going to start spending time with you. I'm going to start spending time in your word right there, right where you are, just between you and God. Don't grovel. Don't don't do the tuck head on God. Don't say, I'm sorry, I haven't been praying, all that kind of stuff. Don't do that. Just say right now I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going to learn how to walk by faith. Now, Father, I pray a blessing of grace on this congregation. None of this is self-effort, religious zeal, self-produced willpower. Father, we're coming to you saying you are the one with the power. You are the one with the grace. You are the one with the peace. And we're just saying we're coming to you. And I am asking, Father, for this congregation for you to begin to visit us. In supernatural ways. Speak to us. Reveal Yourself to us, God. Inspire us. Fill us with Your faith, Jesus. So we can see things we've never seen before. Amen. Our commitment is to uh, end our services at 1130 and I've sinned. So, but I, ne- but I need to, uh, have Mario come and at least greet you. And I need to receive the offering too. And so why don't we receive the offering right now? Listen, this is the time for you to step out. This is a manipulation. This is the time for you to act. Our church is prosperous. This is about you and God right now is a time to act. This is an action step. I hadn't thought about this until just now. It's like with the offering time is a great opportunity now for you to break out of fear and trust God. God says that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That God is not mocked. What you reap you will sow. If you will sow into his kingdom, God sees every penny you drop into his kingdom economy. And God then, will Bible says, literally multiply it and return it back to you. You do not have to do this. It's between you and God. But I'm telling you the way it works. I do this. I know how this works. You sow into God. And God sows back into you. You can either be limited to your own economic situation. Or you can ask God for his economic situation to begin to partner with you. For every dime you have, he's got a lot more. Father, I pray for faith and the heart of your people to believe you when it comes to money. That you're not broke, you're not intimidated, and that you, father, take joy and blessing your people financially. So Father, we want to courageously invest into what matters to you most: people, change lives, salvation. And Father, we receive, without any false humility, we receive your return blessing multiplied, poured into our lives promotions, raises, jobs breakthroughs, new clients, ingenuity, wisdom, creativity, unexpected blessings and bonuses coming our way because you are the God who owns all of it. In Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, while the ushers come to receive the offering. I just want to welcome the new members into our church. Last Sunday, we had a membership class and, um, let me just read these names real quick. And if you'll stand up and I read your name, uh, Doug and Lisa Powell, will you guys stand up. New members in our church. Amen. And uh, uh, Gwen Morris is Gwen Morris here. Gwen, are you in the house today? Gwen, let's welcome Gwen into the family. Uh, Valerie and uh, uh, Rick Higgins. Rick and Valerie, stand up. Welcome to the Gathering Place Church. Amen. And uh, Susie Nichols. Susie, are you here today? I don't think I saw Susie Nichols here today. She joined the church. And uh, also we have um, uh, Kelly uh, Sheridan. Kelly, are you in the house today? She's at work. All right. Well, she's she like, you know, she's been part of us forever, but uh, she finally went to the class because her husband made her. And uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm in trouble. Don't tell her I said that, Chris. So welcome. Welcome, she listened to the CD. Welcome to the Gathering Place Church. I love Rick and Valor. I love, they came off the door hanger. They came, checked us out and they've joined the church. That's the way it's supposed to work. Just like that. Isn't that great? Amen. Hey Mario, I'm in trouble with my, my elder team right now because I've gone over, but I need you to come up and let, Mario's not, in I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you guys don't want to hear from Mario. All right. Okay. Mario, man, we went down to Mexico together. Hallelujah. It was awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're gonna leave me over myself here? No, I'm gonna stay up here and hold okay. your hand. Like you do with me when we go down to Mexico, man. I keep, I, man, I you, we go down to Mexico together, man, I'm like this. We work to the hip. And to introduce your beautiful wife? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. I, I, I just thank you guys for, uh, uh um, accepting us, uh, inviting us today. My wife is here, my beautiful wife. Come on! <laughs> Say hi to everybody. And we're just happy to, uh, we're happy to be here with you guys. Uh, we are so thankful that God, uh, uh, uh that we're partnering together with, with God in, in this. Uh, we had a wonderful trip down to, um, Veracruz and Oaxaca. Uh, every time, uh, in the last five years, every time I go there, uh, for some reason I had to baptize. I feel the urge to baptize somebody. I mean, an stranger, you know, not, 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 not some, uh, Church going, uh, 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 person. And we were enjoying ourselves after the convention. And then, uh, we went to this town by the name of, uh, Punto, Punto Pio. The, uh, and the Tuxpan is very green down in Veracruz. And we were there, you know, uh, and then I said, I, 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 I gotta baptize somebody. I, I gotta.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the way he is, man.
1: <laughs> I told my wife, I said, you know what? I've done this for several years. I, I, and I looked some. You know, the, there was a lady there, and I say, um, "Did you accept Jesus Christ?" She goes, "Well, would you like to accept Jesus Christ?" Wow! Well, well. And 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 then I talked to one of the girls who, I think it was, it was one of our leaders. It was one of our leaders, and, and then she looked at me. She go like, you know, she was. Doing this, like, you know, keep them going. And, and I said, I said, you know what, you talk to her. And then, uh, and then she went and grabbed her hand and then took her to, to the, uh, to the river where we were. And then when she was there and then like five minutes went by and then I looked and she was like, <laughs> I'm like, she's ready. So we went wow. over there and I said, did you accept Jesus Christ? Is this by your own will and everything? No knife, no nothing around here? He says, no, no, no. See? So we baptized her there. Awesome, we baptized her. Praise the Lord.
0: I got to baptize somebody.
1: <laughs> and That's so true. God is great. God is great. He's uh, He's been doing tremendous things in our church. Uh, um, uh, one of the guys that we just sent over as a pastor uh, to a little church up in the mountain in Oaxaca, his name is... Um, uh, Sergio, Sergio. Uh, five years ago, he was prophesied that he was supposed to go to Oaxaca and be a pastor there in a church. And when he decided to go, this disease came into him, and debilitating him, and, and he says, okay, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going. But last year, last year, I mean, the disease went away, you know. You know how that works. Well, some of you know how that works. And then um, uh, last year, uh, he decided to go. He says, no, I, I got to go. And then uh, he went to the doctor, and they found uh, melanoma uh, cancer, skin cancer. And so he went and, 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 uh, uh, to the church. He sent emails to everybody. We prayed for him. Uh, uh, we fast, and we did all, you know, the things that, 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 that work. And cancer went away. It went away. It went away. So he came to me. He says, "I'm ready. I'm ready to go." Well, he went down there. He went down there, and then a little thing come up on his skin—a little, like a marble-sized thing. He says, "I gotta go check it out because I don't know what it is." So he went over and check it out, and guess what? It was back. It was back, and he says, "But I'm not living." I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. I told God, I said, if you, if you brought me here to kill me, I'm staying here because I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, whoa. And, 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 and so he went and asked for a second opinion, a third opinion. And so we're praying for him and he's not going anywhere. Well, we went to the church where he, where he's pastoring, uh, and he just, yes, he was there. He's been there for two months and uh, he has 25 People, 25 people in two months, and he's so happy. He's so excited to see us. Uh, 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 he wrote two days ago. And he says uh, the witchcraft is starting to begin. I found a neck of a of a chicken, a mirror, and some uh, feathers. Feathers in the church. So uh, I'm like, man, chicken. Well, you're telling him to bring you a whole chicken so you can cook it. Not the neck alone itself, oh, come on! I, I run him back, I said, tell him to send the chicken. I said, the mirror, I mean, they know you're cute, so I don't know what they sent the mirror for. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he, he, he replied, you know, laughing, lol, you know. And he says, I'm excited, thank you for.
0: <laughs> now this is the same guy that seven years ago he was in a coma. Yeah, yeah. And they said that uh, yeah. he would never come out. If he did, he would be brain dead yes. and all that. Yeah. And uh, they laid hands and prayed over him, and he came out of the coma, completely healed, no side effects whatsoever. And uh, so he's been through many battles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, this guy, this guy was a business owner. He was well off. He lived in Tijuana, and he just went to the mountains of Oaxaca, where, where you, I mean, this is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's up there pastoring, and now he's fighting this thing again. So let's pray for him right now, okay? Yes, yes. Let's pray for him. Uh, His first name again? Sergio. Sergio. Huh? Sergio. 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 Oh, Sergio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that brother, that's right, man. We spent time with Sergio. I didn't know know who you were talking about. I love Sergio. I don't know the other guy you're talking about. Father, we lift up Sergio. This church lifts him up before your throne, God. It is not your will that he die of Mm -hmm. cancer. When he's wow. out there pastoring people, Alleluia. saving a city. For your namesake, sake, God. Alleluia. We declare that city for Alleluia. Jesus Christ. We declare the montañas Alleluia. of Oaxaca for Jesus. Alleluia. Father, we curse that cancer. Alleluia. In the name of the Lord Jesus, In Jesus Christ, of to you. Leave In his Lord. body now. In Jesus' name. Father, we now release yes, the power of heaven upon Sergio. Yes, Lord. To heal completely yes, His Lord. body. Rout yes, out that Lord. cancer God. Yes, Lord. For Your glory. For Your namesake, Lord. Yes, Lord. We drive that spirit of cancer out in the spirit of death. You yes, will not Lord. take Him. Yes, He's Lord. under the covering now of this ministry. Yes, He's one of the churches in Mexico. And the yes. anointing flows from the head down, God. And so we yes, are releasing Lord. anointing from the house of God right now. To yes, flow Lord. into that church. And to His body. And to bring yes, healing and health to Him. Jesus name. Now, Mario and uh, okay. Esther, come out of here, uh, Gary and Mark and Martin, Tim. Come on, let's pray over these guys. I know we're running a little bit late, but let's bless these guys because Mario and Esther uh, are very significant. They have a vibrant church in Tijuana. They started the first service. Mario didn't want to be a pastor, but God told him to. He said, OK, I will. And it was just a beat down little shack of a building. The, the gang members were beat or just breaking out windows all the time. Mario started the church and uh, the first service was Mario and Esther and their two children. And one child led worship. The other child uh, received the offering. Uh, Esther opened the service, I think, with prayer. And then Mario preached. It was just the four of them. That's how the church started. That day, they all got saved. And uh, <laughs> now he's planted two or three churches out of his church in Tijuana. His church is vibrant. They've got a school of theology out of his church. Mario's went on and got his master's degree in theology. And he also helps me oversee all the churches down in South Mexico. These guys are doing it, man. They are bearing fruit. And so let's... Yeah. And, and, uh, and then we, and we're going to plant another church, a trip uh, in Ensenada, right? And that's coming up in three weeks, and anybody's uh, allowed to go, right? Yes. Okay, can you tell us about that very briefly, and we're going to pray over you and pray over this new church plant.
2: Yeah,
0: this, this church uh, started with, uh,
1: with Silverio. Uh, Silverio was the one that told us to go over there. Silverio, uh, uh, his church... Uh, Is planted in Elongo. You guys know about uh, about it. Um, This church is. um, They 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 smuggle. They used to smuggle a lot of people across the border from there. Uh, Every time I went there, I'm like, there's nothing here. No stores. No nothing here. How do these people survive? And a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago, my guy Pedro, who goes over there, he says. You know, they used to do this thing. Uh, I said, what thing? He says, well, they used to smuggle people across and they're not doing it anymore because the churches in town is saving people now. Come on. <laughs> I said, so now what is happening is that they kill one of the guys who used to, who used to run this smuggling ring. And he doesn't want to do it any- anymore. He didn't want to do it anymore, uh, because he was saved. He says, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saved. So I don't want to do it. So they kill him and they threaten his whole family and everything. But, but this, they are working on it, they are, they are, they are faithful to God, and, and, and now they, they want us to go to Ensenada and plant another church and give life to another church. They have several more churches, uh, you know, waiting for us to
0: go there and, and give them life, so that's what we'll do. All right, let's lay hands on these guys pray for them. Come on, church, you're part of this fruitfulness. bless these guys,
2: God. Lord, you've you've placed a fearless spirit in Mario and Esther. Absolute fearlessness. So, Lord, we pray a great anointing of power go with that boldness. (laughs) That when they go, they don't go with uh, words, they go with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, he's operating... In a high high authority, high spiritual authority is on both of these two. So we pray, Lord, signs and wonders follow their ministry. That you will see people healed. Particularly pray for blindness. Pray for blindness. There's a, a blind person God wants to heal as a demonstration to that community. Which will really turn the life of that church around. Get it off to a supernatural start. So, Lord, we pray the gift of healing. We pray great faith upon both of them and that there be miracles that follow their teaching. In fact, miracles that even precede the teaching. Don't be afraid to stand up and say, "Um, I'm going to preach, but before I preach, we're going to pray and we're going to see people healed. Don't be afraid just to step out and hang it out there at the beginning and then, boy, the message is going to have authority because they've already seen the reality. Lord, we pray your protection over both of them and their family as they move in this... uh, in this uh, confrontational way, in this difficult area. Lord, we pray Your blood upon both of them, Mm -hmm. protecting them, Lord Jesus, in their health, their physical safety, and even their possessions. Now go in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and go in that spirit of boldness that He has given you. Thank You, Lord.
0: And Mario and Esther, as we were praying there, I know the Lord's been using you, and you've been moving in signs and wonders and miracles. But I just felt like you've just been promoted, and you're—I just saw you moving up two and three steps to a higher level. You're going to be seeing more and bigger. Uh, God's going to be using you in more and bigger ways. That's just going to bring and draw in the lost. I, I just—it's uh, just going to be a whole new level.
1: Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank
0: you. And um, I think Mark's got one more word, but I'd like our Mexico team to stand up. Patty, Steve, Gaston, Teresa, Maru, Francisco, Cynthia, and Juan. These are fearless people that have joined with Mario and Esther, and now they're inviting the whole church. You could be a part, whether you'd like to come on March 28th or whether you'd like to send gently used blankets. Uh, many, many children and families die from exposure during this time of year. We've got blankets we can spare. We've got blankets we can go out and get. All the details are in the bulletin. But thank
2: you guys for leading us. Okay, let, thank let me, you. Let
0: me say something before you go. I, I felt the same thing, but I didn't say it, but Mark came up and he said it. So uh, this is the kind of Holy Spirit activity that it's hard to put on a clock. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. So um, when I was down in Mexico, the churches down there officially set me in as the apostle over all the churches. And I, I don't say that, and I didn't want to say that publicly because... It sounds kind of grandiose and self-serving. It's just, it is what it is. And I felt that you also are apostolic, and I felt that it was an apostolic partnership. Though I'm overseeing the churches, you too are also apostolic. And uh, I wanted to say that, and I didn't say it, and Mark just came over and said the exact same thing in my ear. He said, they have an apostolic anointing on them now. It's a shared apostolic anointing over these churches. So we want to speak that into you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, an apostolic anointing of wisdom, fearlessness, and that you will, in prayer, be able to run off demon spirits that would kill church members. You are walking in apostolic authority. With powers and signs and wonders and miracles. Wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise, you guys. We're bearing fruit this year. Yeah. All right. Just starting to warm up, man. We're just starting to get going good. Listen, if you have sickness in your body, disease, or anything else, you need prayer. Our prayer team is going to be up here and... Uh, and we're going to add you to our testimonial book at booklet this year. And let's just give God an opportunity to pray over you. Incredible things happen when people pray up in these lines. Also, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not going to work your way to heaven. God's not impressed uh, with, with your goodness nor your badness. He's impressed with His Son who died for your sins. And today, if you want, will ask Jesus into your heart, not religion not church membership, Jesus. He will cleanse you of every sin you've ever committed. Won't even talk to you about it. The price has been paid. And if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, as we dismiss everybody, if you'll come walking down this way, we're going to pray with you. And you're going to be cleansed and forgiven and healed. And you're going to walk out of here a friend of God. So let's all stand. God, we thank you. We love you. What a great day in the house of God. You are so powerful and so wonderful. I bless this people in your name, God. May they go out this week and find victory when they had defeat. And they will know that today was not just a hype talk. It was real impartation of faith for victory. If you're here today and you're a visitor, please fill out the visitor card that's in the bulletin. I'll be out front. Meet you out there by the uh, visitors table. We'll give you a, a packet. It's just a visitor packet. It's got some stuff in there for you: a testimonial booklet of all the stuff God's doing in the church, a CD. So if you're a visitor, please file the visitor card, drop it off at that table. If you need prayer for anything or salvation, please come down this way and let us pray for you. And uh, let's go out of Victorious Church. Amen? Amen. 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 Visit the Connect group this week. They're awesome. Amen. Let's give God praise on the way out.